What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to In the Know. This is our follow-up episode where we answer your questions, try to tackle them the best we can, and um, we're not going to waste much time with frivolous intros. We're just going to get right into the meat of all these questions that have come through, which are there's actually quite a lot now that I look at it. So thank you for for submitting them. Let's let's get started. And um, Mason. You want to do the usual where we kind of trade off on stuff or how do you want to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. You, you have one you want to kick, kick us off with? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of fun questions. We're gonna, let's, let's start off something lighthearted um, and, and then we'll, we'll progress from there. Okay. So the first question is from Aiden Ladicky at the rep dog it says, is Hayes the best free throw shooter on the team? Seriously, has he missed since being benched? Huh. I mean, the easy answer is no, but are, are the not the best three throughs on the team. But I mean, like, I actually don't know the answer to. I I don't I I guess what is his free throw percentage over the last month? I feel like he hasn't made a lot of them since returning to the rotation. He is eighty one point seven percent from the free throw line, which is pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible. 81.7%. That would put him. Hold your breath, please, while I find it. That would put him. The Pelicans. Okay, so we're not going to count JJ Reddick. Um, we're not going to count Nico Melli. The Pelicans' leading uh, free throw shooter is Brandon Ingram at 87.8%, which is actually an incredible free throw shooting season. Um, did Isaiah not know- Thomas Erasure. Yeah, I see a Thomas reason. I did not know it was that high. Um, but 87.8 is, is pretty incredible. I, I figure it's pretty more incredible considering the ones that he's missed late in the game. Um, Wes Awundu is at 82.4%. The sample's pretty small there. Kyra Lewis, 82.2%. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Jackson Hayes for the season at 78.2% is is right behind mm-hmm. Kyra. But, you know, the 81.7% is, is right there, man. He's, he's turned into quite something. Yeah. Yeah, that's I I didn't even 
didn't even really register me, but I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's ahead of, but by a percentage, by, by a fraction of a percentage points ahead of Lonzo Ball, ahead of Josh Hart, Nikhil, uh, and way ahead of, of Eric Bledsoe, who's down at 69.1%. Um, so the Bledsoe yeah, shooting I, worse than Zion. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Hard to, I mean, uh, well, it, also I just pull up Bledsoe's page and it's so funny. Cause like we were talking in the first half season about his career three point shooting year. Yeah. He's back down to 33.9% from three on the year, which is right in line with his career average. So regression hit, hit hard. But um, the, the free throw thing is weird though. Cause he, he, he's usually, he's 79% career free throw shooter. And now he's 10% below his average this year. It's his worst besides like his, besides the second year of his career. It's the worst free throw shooting of Eric Bledsoe's career. He don't want to be here. No, not at all. It's the worst right. in the world. What do you, what do you got, Mason? Oh my God. Let's see. All right. Um, we should, we should hit this because we hit this topic at length in the last podcast. And so um, Iceberg Mail wants to know Ingram for Ananobi, which side would deserve additional assets? That's a good question. I think the Pelicans would deserve additional assets based on their reputations. As of this moment, uh, I think the Pelicans would be fair to ask for more assets simply because Ingram has been an all-star and uh, has been much more useful offensively. But I have a hot take. <laughs> I knew you. I knew it was coming, which is why I went for it. <laughs> you would do it straight up. I, yeah, I mean, I, I would do it straight up. I, I, my hot take was, was yeah, I, I think over the next three to four years, um, OG, I would rather have OG than Ingram. I think he's going to be a more impactful player, especially for the Pelicans. Um, that's, that's my hot take. Do you think BI would be more impactful for Toronto? I could see it. Career? I could see it because they they have you know their backcourt which i don't know if lowry's returning or not but fred van vliet and and gary trent jr uh good defensive backcourt they have their their star forward in pascal they need to figure out their big situation which i'm sure they're going to try to but they 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 don't have that like oh i'm a guy who can make shots from anywhere um and ingram kind of fits that role and there's enough that roster i think is set up for Ingram to succeed much better than the Pelicans current roster. Not that, you know, the Pelicans can't change their roster to make it more Ingram fitting. But I think, I think on that team, Ingram would be the clear number one, which he would also enjoy uh, over, over Siakam. And I I don't see any scenario where Ingram is the number one option on the Pelicans ever. I mean, I guess the scenario is, is Zion goes down, but you know, I, I, as long as Zion is healthy, this is Zion's team and Ingram's going to have to fit in around Zion where he he could be the guy and, and that may play more to his um, liking going forward in Toronto. Agree? Um, I think situationally, yes. Uh, I don't know if I'm there with you on... Man, that's tough. They're just so different. They're such different players. <laughs> and it's, cra- it's crazy because like they technically are kind of, they play the same position, but they're so different. Um, man, like the the team that like Ingram needs to have built around to be successful is kind of what Toronto already has there. Whereas trying to build a team around Ingram and Zion for me has always been a prohibitively difficult task, and 
I, I think OG is makes it so much easier for, for me to take this team into to title contention, not because OG is that guy tipping them over, but because I can go get other guys uh, who would be more difficult fits if Ingram was already here. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Got spicy right off the yeah. bat. Right, I guess if we're going to keep it on the, the Ingram trade. There's, an, there's another question. This is from Ab, Abdi the Batosai. Um, at Abdi the Batosai. Would you trade Ingram and a first-round pick for Cade Cunningham? Trade Ingram and what? The, our first-round pick? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yes, I don't think I don't think the team that it is has the number one pick would accept that as an answer. Yeah, <laughs> sign where do where do I sign? <laughs> I don't know. I guess would the war like if can the Warriors win? No, they can't win the lottery. Dang. Yeah, if the Warriors are in a position where they could win the lottery, could you see them? Do I guess my question would be is is Ingram the best I can get for that? And I don't. My answer would be no. I feel like there's got to be another player somewhere else who fits their team better. Who they would? I don't know. Trip. I mean, Ingram. I think Ingram fits the Warriors because he doesn't. He, all he has to do is go out there and make shots. It's a lot of money to pay for some guy who just makes shots. <laughs> I mean, but he's he's good at it. <laughs> he is. He's, he's very good gonna, at it. <laughs> he's gonna be. He's gonna be even better at it when Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are are taking attention off of him. You know, he's just gonna have to. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Ingram would be fine in Golden I State. Just, yeah, I just feel like, I mean, I, I think he fits nicely. I, I just also feel like they've got to, they, they need somebody who's, I mean, Clay Thompson's coming back from a couple of major injuries. Draymond's a year older. Like, I feel like Kate also fits very nicely in Golden State. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tough question. But yes, I, I think you and I both agree we, we'd trade Ingram in a first round pick for Cade. I, I don't think there's a situation where the team winning the lottery is, open to doing that yeah i would would the the, mm, okay so here's a question for you the wolves win the lottery pelicans get the fourth overall pick would you trade ingram and four for for one and i guess whatever so they they would have to send malik beasley let's say malik beasley and and rubio let's say the pelicans like we don't want d'angelo russell fuck d'angelo russell so they have to make salary work somehow so let's say it's Malik Beasley and, and Rubio or some shit like that. Malik so Beasley, getting... Rubio, Cade Cunningham for Ingram and four. I mean, if you truly feel like Cade Cunningham's a franchise changing level of talent, I think you still do it. I mean, I, I really do. I, I think, um, I, I think value wise, it's 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 definitely it make me think twice. But I think if you know Cade's that dude, you go get that dude. Yeah, I I would want to know if the Pelicans got for who they're taking. Not who they're taking. Who like who else can they go get? Yeah, with the pick, I mean trading. Yeah, you gotcha. Yep. Trade trade like like okay like all right like what if I can't get like okay let's say Cade's on the table but what if you know like four plus all the other picks or four plus you know some of the young players you have what's the best player you can go add to Ingram and Zion. Or what's the, you know, what is even Ingram and four? Like, can it get you more than Cade? Um, I don't know. I, I 
I would have to know what else is on the table for me to, I don't think it's a concrete answer for me. I think that one's close. Got it. Huh. I think that one's really close. I'm, and I'm very high on Cade. Yeah. Just like, I, I like I would do. Yeah. I, I, I would go to great lengths to put Zion and Cade Cunningham on a team together. <laughs> so if, if, you're probably like, right. I think, I think <laughs> if, if push came to shove and like, you know, I called around teams and this was the last deal on my table, I would probably do it. Uh, yeah. I would probably do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think, I think that's, um, that's, you know, that's, that's a lot of Ingram talk there. Uh, yeah. What do you, what do you got next? Let's um, well, let's go, to, let's go to Lonzo then. Um, so oh this, this, no, it's not, it's not that wild one. Um, so Rube R- at RJD012 asks, is Lonzo more or less likely to get paid by the Pelicans if it went a top four pick? I, uh, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll answer that question right off the bat. Lonzo is not likely to get paid by the Pelicans period. Well, That's... I knew you were going to say that, but I, I was, I thought it was an interesting thought exercise to say like, you know, is it, does it, does it matter? Does it influence no. anything at all? No, <laughs> no, <Fair enough. laughs> neon signs. No. <laughs> All right, then. I mean, do you, I, I want to hear, I want to hear, do you believe otherwise? Do you, can you argue the other side if there's um, any influence? So, I mean, high, high level, I agree with you. Um, like, I, I think I, I don't, I don't see a scenario what's there. I mean, I guess the, the scenario is that Lonzo gets an offer way under what we were expecting him to get. Um, that that's that's it and so if you so if you go there if you say that Lonzo is actually getting his best offer is at a price tag that is is reasonable does the Pelicans getting a top four pick change the likelihood that they agree to sign him for that reasonable price and I also say no see I I I would say yes, ever so slightly. It would, it would, it would, because just because you're, I think you become more flexible from a cap perspective as far as the salary you can bring in uh, and stay under and not be a tax team. Um, but again, this all depends on Lonzo getting something that isn't outrageous in our. You know what makes you really flexible with regards to tax? Just not, not bringing. Not in signing. Period. <laughs> Damn it, man. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, look, like if he's getting a reasonable deal, like the merits of him staying, I, I think, are completely independent of the Pelicans draft status. I really do think that because, you know, you have three guys in the top four, I think, that would play guard or guardish positions, but none of them are players that, you know, you can't play Lonzo and them together. And and outside of Cade, I would think I would want those guys to have time to grow into it so like you know if, if you sign Lonzo to a, a, a reasonable-ish deal and, and kept him um, I think you can still add those guys to your roster and be fine because you're going to be looking to make other changes period but I am also of the belief you're not bringing him back at all so it doesn't matter but yeah I, I don't think they're, they would influence it like you know you have Cade he, he would start I think day one I think Cade would, Cade would start day one just because he's the number one pick he may not close games day one I think he would start day one um, but you could start Cade and Lonzo together yeah. and, and that would be fine. And you would bring Kyra and Nikhil off the backcourt and that's it. I mean, like you don't need to add any more guards. Um, Suggs, it's possible that he's so good in training camp that he starts together. But if he doesn't, you know, it's Nikhil and Lonzo starting and Suggs and Kyra are your, are your 
are your bench backcourt, which also works. Likewise with Jalen Green. You know, so I, I think I think it doesn't matter. I think the, the draft status doesn't matter. All right. Well, here, here's here's my last hypothetical then. If if you if you found out the Pelicans were getting a top three pick, or so let's call let's call it the third pick. Would you but in order to get that top that number the third pick in the draft, um you have to handle the life of Lonzo's next contract with New Orleans. Wait, what? Can so you, clear, what you, only get, you only get the third pick in the draft if Lonzo has his entire next contract played with New Orleans. Like you can't move him at all? You can move him maybe with like a year and a half left. How, so what, what's the, like, can I cheat and be like, give him a one-year deal? Like, what's, what are my stipulations? They have to be a four-year four year, deal? Four-year contract, and you can only move him, at, you know, by the, at the trade deadline of the third year. Yeah, I mean, I would take it. I would, I, like, I'm, if I'm keeping Lonzo, then my stipulation would be like, I, I better not be forced to start him. Because if I can bring him off the bench and, and the price is reasonable, sure. But if it's like, oh, you have to pay Lonzo $25 million a year over the next four years, and then you get the third pick, hell no. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I do not want, I do not want that. <laughs> I, was, I, was just, I was just very curious what your breaking point like was. What my breaking point is? Yeah, no. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Um, that would be like, you know, like someone signing, like let's say like Minnesota won – or they got the third pick and they were like, we will trade you D'Angelo Russell and the third pick. Fuck. Now I sound like an idiot. <laughs> no, you Cause don't. I would do that. I would take D'Angelo Russell in the third pick for, you know, like whatever salary. <laughs> Damn. Now, but we, like, we, if, if, now we understand if, what our biases are. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I think if, if, Lonzo was on another team and he was in the beginning of a four year, hundred million dollar contract. And they offered you the third pick to take him. Would I take him? Oh man, that's, that's tough. I, I don't love the third guy. If it was number two, I would do it. Okay. But like also now we're changing the argument. So now what we're saying, what we're saying is that you could very easily, if you're getting that pick, you can still, attach a couple other picks to get rid of Lonzo so that in theory what you're saying is you're you're trading a couple picks for that top two pick in the draft which you would do right like let's say you had to you had to attach two two first rounders to dump the Lonzo contract once you got it you'd still you'd do that and take the top two pick right yeah I would I would take I would yeah yes cool weird question Um, (laughs) went into a weird place but whatever um okay so good lord this is this is this can be a two-part question um so the first one's from ryan abear uh the question is yeah well we're, we're gonna get into that later but um the first one's from ryan abear it said top three trade targets go um <laughs> carl anthony towns um yes <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, OG, it's got to be on there. Um, and then I'm trying to think of dudes who are like on, uh, bad or like, re- or I guess, I mean, Dame. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. 
Yeah. Um, I, I can't I can't go anywhere on I, I went I my, my mind went to Indiana next and I can't go anywhere. I can't make any of those guys a top three trade target. I just can't go that far. Um but I Okay. Mean, yeah. I, I I will choose I will choose guys that you didn't pick um to make it fair. Uh because Towns and OG would be on my on my yeah. top three. So in an effort to get diversity, I will include De'Aaron Fox. Ooh, like it. I will include, I mean, I have to include Bradley Beal, no matter what. <laughs> I figured you were going to go there. <laughs> that's, a, that's a spot, no matter what. And um, the third one's difficult. I, I, man, the third one's difficult. Like, I wish, like, it's, it's easy to be like, oh, like, name, insert all-star here. Like, yeah, like, if Jalen Brown freaking asks out, like, he would instantly make that list. But I'm trying to be a little bit realistic here. And in terms of realism, I'm split between CJ McCollum and Pascal Siakam. And I think I lean CJ. So you're taking CJ over, like, any of the guys in Indiana, you're, you're taking them over Brogdon or uh, Sabonis, just to be clear. Yes. Interesting. I don't know if I am. Yeah, dude, Sabonis is weird for me, man. He's like really good. I am very intrigued with his fit. I think, you know, if yeah. the Pelicans got him, they would be better uh, instantly. I, I mean, like without a shred of a doubt. Um, his contract is amazing because he's, he's producing at the value of a max player-ish at a very cheap contract. And so he allows you to be flexible and, and aggressive when it comes to adding big salaries pieces. There's a lot to like about Sabonis. He's just, I, for whatever reason, like, you know, I was watching, I've been going through his assists. Like those things are fucking stat padded. Like he is, <laughs> he is dribble handing off to like Doug McDermott who takes 15 dribbles and goes to the rim and like, Oh, that's an assist for her for for Sabonis like there's not a lot of advantage creating going on for Sabonis it's more like Sabonis is handing the ball to the other guy who scores instead of oh Sabonis passed that guy open or created that look for him there's not a you know it's it's kind of those like they're cheap I don't think they're high value assists yeah that's funny like I remember the the tweet came out when Russell Westbrook set the the triple double record or whatever. And the the assist that he got to get there was just like total bullshit. It was like, it was that it was like like the guy made like two, two moves and then scored. And it's like, how is that an assist? And you know, his, his rebounding is really good, which, you know, we've discussed how, how rebounding can be inflated um, based off a system as well. And if it's, it's valuable or not. His scoring's good. I mean, he's an all-round good player. Like, I don't want to undersell him as a player. Yep. I, I just, I just for, I just, I don't love it. You know, I am not in love with it, and I think it has to do with I am terrified of how the defense is going to be if three of my front court spots are are Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Sabonis. Sure. Three of them. Yeah. And what? and and so. You know, maybe Jackson Hayes can be the Miles Turner of the future. Better than Miles Turner, and you're you're basically it's a, it's Sabonis and Miles two point You're starting those two, and then you have you're you're just making a big ass team. But I think I think CJ is a cleaner fit. I would just start CJ at guard, Brandon at, at the two, um, Zion at Zion, and then add a forward who can defend. Uh, more like a yeah, like a low usage guy. If it has to be Najee, you know, it's Najee. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think CJ is a cleaner fit. How much and, does John Jonathan Isaac's injury scare you? Like, would you go after a him? lot? 
a lot. It scares me a lot. Did yeah, you think about his name except for that? I did. I did. Yeah. I, I did think about it. And I, I also think the Magic are – I have no interest in trying to move him. Yeah. Reason. Yeah. That, that, that all makes sense. Um, Because his guy – like, well, I, I mean, when you do exercises like this, you go to the bottom of the standings, right? You're, not, you're probably not going to get a guy – other than unique cases where like you've that you just hit your wall like like where maybe indiana or portland might might be um but you're gonna go to the bottom of the stands and see if you've got guys who might want out and so like that's that's the other guy who jumped off the page for me is um you know now on to sleeper sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players you probably already have a fantasy league on there i use it for mine it's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry and now you can make money on sleeper too by playing their new over under game it's super simple First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over under on sleeper. It's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game and have fun with your friends and most importantly, make some money. Make sure you use that promo code BLUEWIRE and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, then use promo code BLUEWIRE when you deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. This is Isaac, but uh, coming off a tough injury. Oh, here's an underrated one. We, we've talked about two Toronto guys. The third one we didn't talk about is Fred Van Vliet, who I would absolutely love on this team no matter what. Yeah. I might have, like, I might want Freddie V over CJ just because of I, I age. Would. Yep. Yeah, age, more defensive intensity. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm editing it to Freddie V. Um, yeah. I like that. I know he's shorter than CJ, but he plays better defense, and mm-hmm. and uh, he's younger, and dudes is awesome. Mm-hmm. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I'm there. He's cheaper. Okay, cool. So the follow-up is, what are your least favorite trade targets? This is by Cor- Corbor. Corey. Oh, least favorite. Um, so I, I'm, I'm trying to think about players who other other like fans or, or people are saying, oh, it'd be a great fit in New Orleans and like, um, and ones that I maybe disagree with. Easy. I have an easy one. All right. Start us off. Miles Turner. Do not want him. That's where my, I, I was thinking about him. <laughs> That's where my head was going instantly. Do not want. No, thank you. Next. Mm. Um, Buddy healed. Number two. Okay. Don't like his contract. I don't like his contract combination of his, like he's oh, I've got one. He, yeah. he's an incredible shooter. He's legitimately one of like the best shooters in history already. He also makes some really boneheaded dumb plays. Um, just not a very high IQ player overall, mm-hmm. and 
obviously he's not very good on the defensive end and he's, he's pretty, he's pretty expensive for what he is. If, if they wanted to compensate me for taking him, um, sure. If this team, if, if the Pelicans were like really good already and, you know, they just had this Bledsoe salary piece laying around and, you know, like they just come off of like a second round playoff win or loss, like, okay, fine. You want to add Buddy Heald as your kind of X factor. Sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he's amongst my my least favorite trade targets. And I know yeah. Tyler is going to get upset, but whatever, Tyler, cry about it. Uh, here, here's a random one only because he was getting talked about like he's just like the one of the like an all star level basketball player. Um, and I just I after he dropped forty on New Orleans recently, if that tells you who I'm going more here, <laughs> Terry uh, Terry Rozier. You don't like that trade? You don't like it? You don't like him as a target? No. Um, I'm, I, I'm worried about putting too much stock into one season for him. Um, there were the, the Hornets got mostly just panned for that signing. Um, and now He's people are, good, though. He, he has been, I'm just not ready to, to buy in at that. Uh, like I, I guess I forgot how long his contract is. Is it, is it only three years? Cause that make me feel a little bit. It's more. coming up. I think he's going into his final year. No, no. Jesus. Okay. Well, I'm after a that, but like, I, I'm just not buying into the, the, the length of the contract. Helps, yeah. He's but... going, he's, he's actually, yeah. Yeah. 21, 22 is his final year. So he's an expiring next year and yeah. it's only 17, 17.9 mil. Well, I guess you could go back on and Mr. Mason, Mr. Mr. Mason Ginsburg. <laughs> let me, awesome. let me, let me check you here. Uh, last season on 6.7 attempts a game, he shot 40% from three. And so um, we now have a sample of dun dun dun. Let me do the math real quick. Um, one thousand threes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Almost a thousand threes. Nine nine hundred seventy four threes of him shooting thirty nine point nine percent. So forty percent from three. I'm still not in. I he's he's going to be getting another contract uh, in his prime. He's six one. I, I just I'm 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 out. Like I I, I don't see the fit on a, a team like New Orleans and other than other than the I, I buy I buy the three point shooting. It would be unfair of me to say that I don't. Um, but I just don't. Uh, there's too much other stuff that doesn't justify what I'm worried that he might get. He might make too much other stuff. Uh, okay, all right, man. You you've dug yourself in. I'm not going to push further. <laughs> I, I don't feel very strong. I think he'd be fine. I think he, he he gets the job done. He can shoot. He he can score. Uh, yeah, I think he'd be fine with like Nikhil in the backcourt. Um, interesting. I, I I forgot about Jeremy Grant. I want to add him to like my list of I would love to trade for. To my top three, I'm struggling to come up with a third guy. I'm like, eh, I don't really really want him um it's it's tough it's tough too because beggars can't be choosers and (laughs) and the pelicans need talent i think pretty much like any like big man that's like not an all-star i'll probably be like yeah i don't want him um but there really aren't that many big men that that people are trying to put on the pelicans i guess i would be fine with kuzma like all things considered, I would be <laughs> fine with Kuzma. Kuzma um, for Lonzo, who says no? <laughs> that's a great question. I think the Lakers say no. Kuzma might be a better player than Lonzo already. I mean, not already because he's older, but talk about a plot twist, huh? Plot twist, right? Um, 
I mean, he's really turned it around defensively. I think that's that's like the major yeah. value. It's like, dude, can he's he's a player, and so like he may not be the most efficient guy, but you don't need him to be your first option or second option at all. Um, Kuzma's fine, and um, oh, I I had one and then I lost it. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. I had one and I lost it. That's like the worst feeling. And you're like, oh, I got something. Yeah, you'll, you'll remember either the second we stop recording or uh, it's a totally inconvenient time. So. Yeah, totally at an inconvenient time. Okay, we can move on. That's, yeah, their Pelicans need talent, so they, they can't afford to be too all picky. too picky yeah. on on what that talent is. Um, yeah. um, I've, got, I've got a good one. Um, oh, I, I guess saw... Al, Al Horford is, is the guy. I'm like, okay, no, I don't, I don't want to trade for him. The, the people try to still put him on the Pelicans. They do. <laughs> Brian, we know you're out there. <laughs> you're still doing it. <laughs> this is for you. Um, all right. So um, Stu Danskin asks, with Bledsoe's minutes off the table, and what combination would you use him between all the young guards? That's a tough question. Like, I don't know if that means for next year. Next year, I guess. this year. I guess it means next year because this year. Well, um, let's do it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to interpret the question this way. So let's do it as if the Pelicans are fully healthy, except they don't have Bledsoe. Like, how would how would you divvy up the, the minutes for the the young guards? I I find that still hard to to answer because I don't know what I'm doing with Lonzo here. Like, is do I if he's not on the team, you know, then to me the your guards are Nikhil and Brandon. Or I guess Nikhil and Zion, however you want to frame it, whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not running a traditional point. I'm. I'm starting in Nikhil, and Brandon's your. You know, your offensive guy, and Zion's your your offensive engine. Yeah. Um, and and so you know, like you're you're kind of making plays. Zion, Zion's kind of running the show. He's not necessarily bringing the ball up and making every decision. You're splitting that with Nikhil and and Brandon. You know, it's kind of uh, an egalitarian offense, but. And then Kyra, Kyra, I would use as a bench spark plug until he he shows that you know he's ready to be a starter and, and can take on the the physicality of being a starter. But I would continue to develop him and expand his offensive role on the bench and run a million pick and rolls with him and whoever the bench big is. If it's not if it's Jackson, great, even better, build that chemistry. If it's not, then um, you know whoever that bench big is. If it's Billy or whoever, um, those those are the two roles I have in mind next year barring any like unforeseen like major additions to the backcourt uh that way the pelicans you know if Nikhil is starting kyra the bench can be like kyra um josh hart if they bring him back Najee, you know a forward in the big or you know if josh hart's not coming back dd in that place but they they have guys to fill in that that two guard or that second wing spot in the in the backcourt so but Kyra, Kyra, I would focus on expanding his offensive role and giving him more offensive responsibility next year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess it is. It's it's hard to say. Um, I, I may have a different answer even in a couple of games from now. If if Didi looks like truly just this t- absolute terror defensively, <laughs> who's who's going to give people a hard time every night? You got to. I think you have to find some sort of minutes to see if it can keep keep that up next year, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, it would, it would go, it would, I, I think the biggest uptick would probably be just relative to where they are now and average minute, or minutes per game would be, uh, Kyra. Um, but, um, 
other than that, yeah, it's got, it, it, I, I see what you're saying. It was, it's kind of a tough question to answer because it's a little amb ambiguous as to the other parameters when, when and who else is on the team or not. With Bledsoe's minutes off the table, I'm also taking Lonzo's minutes off the table. I've taken a liberty, <laughs> Stu. Thank you for giving me the privilege. Uh, thanks for answering that question. Oh, I, I came up with another guy I want to trade for, and that's Bertans. I, I, I like an Adams for Bertans trade. Yeah. Trade construction, I think there's something there. But, you know, I guess I'm going to keep on coming up with these as the podcast goes on. But I got a question for you, uh, kind of building off of that. How might the close of the season in relation to the young pups change the outlook of the future? Are Nikhil, Jackson, and Kyra now all core pieces or interesting trade chips? How many of the four second-round picks do you expect the Pels to keep, if any? Odds of lottery picks sticking. Oh, I guess it's like three questions in one. <laughs> um, this is my absolutely my burner account by SR Revolution. <laughs> um, I think the dude I the met second... at summer league. Oh yeah, That's awesome. yeah, good dude. Uh, I uh, I don't see the Pelicans. I, I so I think my consistent answer for second round picks, no matter what the year is, is I see no more than two being kept in any one year. And of those two, I see no more than one being a player who's on the roster in you know it in the very next season and isn't the other one could be like a, a stash like DD was. Um, so that's, that's kind of my, I, I feel like uh, regardless of the teams, like where the team is, the only way that would change is if you've got a situation where like, you like a super team where you've got three max dudes and you just need to fill out. You need second rounders to fill out the roster. Other than that one a year and plus one, maybe stashed overseas. And that's about it. Um, as See, far, I think you can be more aggressive. I think I think you have two two-way slots and you have like an unlimited amount of G League slots. You don't got to sign these guys to any kind of NBA deal to put them in the G League. You can stash them in the G League. You have it's going to be in Birmingham starting next year and the Pelicans have four second round picks coming up. I, I mean I doubt they're going to draft all four of them, but you could if you wanted. You could draft but, two two-way guys, put them on your roster and then two guys, you know, that are that are just in the G League or you're stashing. You could do that. Like you have room to kind of just make the G league your farm of players and then see what you got. So yes, but doesn't that require that no team other team thinks they're better than G league players? What do you mean? Like, are you, what, what kind of, are you giving them NBA contracts? And if not, can't they go get an NBA contract from another team? No, because you have their draft rates. I'm, I'm curious. I, I'm asking because I genuinely don't know the answer. Like how, how that no, works. No, it's, like, it's the same as stashing someone, you know, like the same as like, you know, putting someone in Australia. Like they couldn't have, no one could have went and signed Didi because you have their rights. You have their draft rights. And yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, fair. I, I'm, I just, it's, man, that, that whole concept is, is messing with my head right now. It's like, if I'm a, <laughs> if, if I think I'm clearly an NBA player and, and now I'm just a draft stash that I'm not getting paid an NBA contract, but I can't go prove myself, but that, that kind of sucks. <laughs> I mean, you can, like they can, you can allow, like, you know, like you can allow them to sign elsewhere, just not in the NBA. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause like teams do that with their first round picks. Like, the the Spurs drafted Nikola Miltunov and he's out there in Europe playing center and yeah. he was, was the first round pick and uh he never came over and no I mean teams you can you can you can send something to the Spurs for his rights yeah 
Yeah. I think there's like some sort of statute of limitation, like how long you can kind of leave, leave them out there before things start getting wonky. Yeah. Um, but you have their rights until you have them, you know, like that's yeah. like, we traded the rights. I don't know if we traded them, but like, you know, like the rights of Tony Carr, who yeah. we never signed to an NBA contract. He's just kind of out there playing in Italy. He was terrible. He is now. <laughs> right. You know, like, it, yeah, you just put them in the G league. Yeah. Yeah. If they want to be in the G League, or you can you give them the option, like you can go to Australia, or you can be in the G League. What do you want? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so what were the, the players that were mentioned? Were just our just Nikhil, like, Kyra, Jax. Mm-hmm. Are are you said are they all core pieces or interesting trade chips? Uh, my answer is yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I think um, if I had this, if I had that prioritize those players as of after this year, I mean, I think. I think Jax, I put a level above the other two. I have a hard time figuring out. I know you love Kyra, so I, I have a hunch you put him above Nikhil. Um, but no, I not yet. No. I mean, okay. I, I have him on a similar level. Um, okay. I, I'm, I'm high on both of them, but I think league-wide, Nikhil would be valued more than Kyra as a trade I, target. Yeah, I think that's fair. I also think that maybe he hasn't done quite – just because I think he got – it just sucks. He got hurt at the exact wrong time. He was really – I feel like he was really starting to, to put things together more consistently because we had this inconsistent Nikhil who would do a lot of great stuff and then kind of not show up. And then he started – he had a string of good games, I, I think, and then he got hurt. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like those guys, you the, the, the idea is to, to grow them into core pieces, but in doing so, you make them better trade chips. And so if you can use them to get someone better – Absolutely, you should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think we don't differ too much. I have long said Zion is the single most important guy who is untouchable. Yep. Anything and everyone else should be on the table for the right situation. Yep, yep. Um, I think we would probably just... I don't know. We'd like maybe one, one or two more. Um, there was one. There's a lot of questions. You're gonna, you're gonna leave these guys out. You're gonna leave these guys hanging. Oh, I guess I need to refresh that. I didn't see as many. There's um, a lot of questions, buddy. Um, the, the, I think the one that people have been waiting for. Uh, <laughs> I know where you're going. Who is the best Ryan on <laughs> Ryan, Ryan. Twitter? <laughs> Trying to start a Ryan war on here. This is by Ty Nola, and um, this is interesting because there was a guy who called out all of the Ryans and called them dweebs and said that, you know, he would challenge, including, you know, he called me out. He called a couple other people out. He said he'd challenge him to a basketball game uh, for a thousand dollars, but he called out all the Ryans. He said, all the Ryans suck. (laughs) And I might agree with him. All the Ryans suck. (laughs) Who's the best? Who's the no points. The the best is Schwan because he doesn't tweet much. And when he does it, they're usually hilarious. Yeah, it's like a zingers. Yeah, Schwan, Schwan's OG. We couldn't be in the know without him. So um, sure. this is a state-sponsored propaganda podcast. <laughs> and, uh, can't can't go against our sponsors here. Can't go against our our founders. So Ryan Schwan, congratulations <laughs> for winning the Ryan Ryan off the Ryan kerfuffle. I don't know. I called them the Ryan Brit, and I got I got mad. People got mad at me. They should get mad at you. <laughs> Ryan, did you see Ryan Berger's tweet to uh, tweet quote tweet response to it? No. It's the it's the Garfield meme and it's like, huh, I wonder who that is for. And it's like looking at a picture of Garfield canceled. <laughs> or like no Garfield. <laughs> oh man. Um but yeah, okay, yeah. 
uh good luck ryan's next time maybe you will be more successful okay cool um i think there are definitely a few few more questions that we can answer this one is from kenny Clybert at pelfan 23 did the pels have a justification of raising ticket prices this season after another below average product huh what do you think well um there's man um it i don't know how you define justification i mean there's like the whole there's a whole argument of supply and demand um and then there's this there's this obvious moral like, justification and then there's like, this this thing hanging out there the fact that you know we've had the pandemic over the last couple of years and so what does that do to the marketplace and i mean i don't I don't know if justification is the right word that they're, they're free to do what they want and they'll, and the market will tell them if they made a mistake or not. Yeah. I, I think morally, right. The question is like, can you do the fans deserve this? No. Uh, I'm always, I'm almost always pro consumer here. I, I think, you know, I don't think morally it's a question. I don't think organizations operate morally uh, when it comes to, assessing their price for the most point if they have done the research that states that people are going to buy or continue to buy or happy to be in the stands after a year of not being in sports and they feel like they can get away with it they're going to try to if the pelicans continue to be bad next year um you know the market the day-to-day ticket prices the secondary market are going to reflect that so it's one of those things it's it's like yeah like for them, it's probably better to ask for more and adjust later yep. rather than just start low. And then all of a sudden, this is an amazing team next year and they, you know, they, they could have made more money. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think I struggle with the term morally here. I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's, do I think it's the right thing to like, is it the, the thing that's in the, in the, to the benefit of the fans? No. And I think I, I kind of agree with you. Like I would prefer that they didn't do that. I just have, I just struggle with, with it being a, a moral question here. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I, I think it's a moral question. I, I think, I think it's fair to say they haven't, they haven't put forth the stuff on the court uh, and to, to justify it. And I don't think, I think with the pandemic going on and with how the average person has been hit uh, financially, it's, it's not a, a good look to do so. I think, you know, freezing season ticket prices or freezing uh, prices would have been more consumer friendly um, building rapport with the fan base. I, I do think that would have been the morally correct thing to do, but I don't think, again, I, I don't think businesses care. Yeah. That, that that's fair. I can, I definitely can, I can agree with that. Um, okay. So next question, I think now, now we're, now we're getting close to, to wrapping up, but we, we do have a couple more. This one's from uh, Tibalt or T underscore TSR. Uh, what is the percentage of us trading our pick if it's not the top four? And the second part is who would be the major trade targets, but we've talked about trade targets. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think? Do you think, and I'm going to expand this question. Uh, I guess I don't have to, cause we already talked about the second round picks, but yeah. What do you, do you think that Griff is bringing in another first round pick rookie? 
Um, if so, I do think it, it. So if it's not top four, then I, I do see it being a part of a trade. Um, I, I think that's that is a reasonably likely scenario. Um, actually, I think that's if they're trying to up level the skill and the talent of the team and win games. They'll, you don't you don't need another rookie to do that. And they've got enough picks later on where if they want to invest in youth, they can they can go that route there. So I, I do think it, it it's a it's it's reasonable to expect it's a trade chip. Yeah, I think if it's not top two, it goes. My question is, what happens if it's not, if they're unable to do it by draft night? Like, what if, you know, it's draft night, and typically that's when that's when Griff's operated, right? So he's gotten the AD deal done before the draft, so you can have a clear picture on what's happening, and then, you know, he kind of swung the the, the fourth pick deal day of the draft. Um, the Drew Holiday deal was done before the draft. And then during the draft night, they, they did some shenanigans with the 24th pick and, and, and the second round pick. So they, they've been active there. So my question is, if, if there's not a deal on the table for a player, you know, an active player, like some of these targets that we've talked about um, leading up to the draft and, and leading up to the pick, does he take a player on the board or does he try to punt on it in a sense that like, Oh, I'm trading this pick for two future ones or, you know, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you think I, is more likely there? The, that it's punted to the future or it's the player is in uniform. I mean, I, I think the former, um, I, because I, I think there's a lot of, value in this draft and i think that they're if you can get a couple picks for this one like two 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 future first for this one somehow um i'm i'm in favor of it um and because you can you, i mean in some cases the you know drafting a rookie is kind of like buying a car <laughs> like the pick is the pick it can be anything and then suddenly once you uh you know once you make the pick if it, if you're trying to trade it to another team it's just that player it, it can't be anybody else and so there, there is that concept too. And so I think that if, if there's the trades not on the already like kind of locked in by then, he, I, I think Griff will try to, to, to push it out if he can, but I don't, I don't think he'd do so at the risk of getting lesser value in return. So if he feels like the trade is getting the Pelicans less value than they're sending out, I still think he, I, I would think he takes a player. Okay. Yeah. So what if it's like, okay, see, and they really like someone at the eight slot or whatever, the nine slot. And, you know, it's, it's they're like, okay, we'll give you a future OKC pick and, you know, whatever. Um, top five protected. Like that, that would be an like acceptable trade for you? I think so. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the route I would try to take. Um, I was just trying to see like where your what your what your parameters are, what your line is. Yeah. But or yeah, I think say, that's the like, route I would. Yeah, it's, so it's kind of ambiguous, but yeah, I mean, like that. Generally speaking, that's that's how I would think about it. Yeah. Yeah, because I again, if you're going to be aggressive, you're you're right that having the sheer volume of picks and assets is is more useful than having that player's name, right? So if it's like Franz Wagner. If it's like, you know, Moses Moody, those guys might end up being really good. But, you know, come trade deadline and Carl Anthony Towns is like, hey, I want to be out. Like, is Minnesota like, do I want Moses Moody or do I want two picks? You know, and so like when you're, you want to like go over the top with 
with a trade offer, I think you can wow some people with the sheer volume. Um, and, and yeah, that is what I would try to do. All right. I, I don't think there's any more questions that we haven't touched upon already in some way, shape or fashion in, in our other questions. Um, do you have any final thoughts you want to add? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, we can, I think the next time we'll get, we'll be recording as after the last game of the season. So, um, <laughs> in, enjoy the last couple games of the year as much as you can. Maybe, maybe the Pelicans wreck the, uh, Lakers, uh, hopes of voting the playing game. You never know. I mean, I think that it seems like that's likely to happen anyway. They're going to get stuck in the playing game, but, uh, maybe the Pelicans can, can make it help make it happen and end the season on a, on a fun note for everyone. We'll see. Yeah. And, and we're going to try to do a locker room. We're going to try to test it out. Yeah. And, and so hopefully we can get you guys to not only uh, tune in, but participate similar to how we do spaces. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of you guys have been enjoying that. Um, the advantage of, of locker room here is there's a more seamless recording uh, ability and we can then just record it and push it out and as a podcast to anyone who wasn't able to catch up yep. and, and missed out on the good conversation. And, and if it, if it works well, you know, we can try scheduling um, more frequent ones, right. Especially around key events like the draft lottery or um, yeah. free agency or, you know, uh, the draft night, uh, things yeah. like that. But, um, but yeah, so let's uh, let us, Um, work on that, try to get you guys involved and stay tuned. What's up, everybody? I'm Bladen. I'm Matt. And I'm Theo. And we are Stay Hot, the only podcast that gives you the hottest analysis and takes on the NFL and NBA all year round. I know that there's a lot of losers and haters out there who don't think three sports TikTokers can hang for a full pod, but, you know, we're going to prove them all wrong. We're about to dive deep into the NFL draft and are already hitting the NBA playoffs. So watch Stay Hot on YouTube or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.